This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. And this is Mike White, and you can find me at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer where we're doing uh, special little bonus warm-up uh, episodes. Uh, Mike and I just recorded... Um, a nice little segment that uh, will be going up once this episode goes live. Um, so go check That's us right. out at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. So yeah, today, Mike, we're talking about Spider-Man and Mandy and some other stuff. Uh, how's it going, bud? Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Everything is good. Great week. Uh, uh, the, I kind of had a, a week last week sandwiched by two, Humongous Bears wins. Nice. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, didn't uh, they like um, win? Like, isn't it like the playoffs or something? They well, it's not the playoffs yet, but they okay. won their division, which means that they get to be in the playoffs. Nice. nice. They are the NFC North champions, and this is not a sports or football podcast, so right. I try not to talk too much. But mm-hmm. uh, I am very, very excited about it. Nice. I'm gonna head yeah. down closed my video too anyway oh nice um yeah i just want to get comfortable so um so yeah also this week also this week i guess more importantly or more pertinent uh to the podcast we did our uh boys only christmas horror double feature movie night yes uh yeah let's talk about that sure yeah so it's our third annual Uh, a couple years ago we were just like uh, you know, we, we would always get together for a Shocktober double feature just at one of the guy's house on a Tuesday night, my, my, my guy friends at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've, we just had so much fun doing a, doing a Shocktober one. We're like, what if we do, what if we watch Krampus and <laughs> pair it with something Christmas? Like, what if we do, uh, we ended up watching Gremlins and Krampus nice. the first year. And it was just a cool little, you know, we love, uh, horror movies, and it was cool to get in the Christmas spirit with some horror and just two, two classics. Um, and so the next year came, we did it again. Last year, we watched um, Better Watch Out, which was kind mm-hmm. of a cool indie gem that kind of went under the radar. Uh, and then we just, the other movie we wanted to watch, we couldn't find it, so we just watched Krampus again. But this year, we watched all through get this double feature mm. bill i just love the title of it all through the house and all the creatures were stirring i i love that so much like, isn't that great that is so great um that's all how were the movies uh okay so all through the house is from 2015 mm-hmm. um and it is the the feature length movie i think okay um i think his name is his name is todd noons because i and i remember 
I looked him up, uh, and he, I, you know, I said that I was watching this movie and he like liked my tweet, uh, <laughs> right away. Uh, and That's so I awesome. wonder if he, if he had it set up to, to kind of ping him anytime mentioned his movie. <laughs> um, but gosh, I will say I, I, it was really not good. It was really, uh, it was really pretty atrocious. Um, very extreme, extreme low budget. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they uh-huh. they tried real hard. Uh, the kills were practical mm-hmm. and pretty disgusting, uh, and I liked those quite a bit. But in terms of the plot and the acts, it was honestly some of the worst acting I've seen. In oh God! Time. Wow, it was really atrocious. The acting was really that's really weird. heinous. Has he done anything since follow- then? Sorry. Um, not that I know of, and certainly not of note okay um a, a a couple small things but i don't think any um uh okay let's see death ward 13 hmm. uh in 2017 wow. but also does not look um like it got much of a wide release yeah it doesn't it sounds like kind of a almost asylum-esque movie yeah and then so the second movie we watched Mm -hmm. uh was all the creatures were stirring which is so i listen to uh the shockwaves podcast Mm -hmm. which they are a couple of people who work under the blumhouse umbrella and they're they're, yeah they're critics Mm -hmm. uh and writers and this and that various jobs uh ryan turek uh, is one of the podcast members, and he was a producer on Halloween. Anyway, one of the hosts, Rebecca McKendry, and her husband, this is actually their directorial debut, All the Creatures Were Stirring. Oh. Yeah, and it was, uh, it's an anthology uh, piece of just, you know, a bunch of Christmas shorts. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a mixed bag, I think, as most uh, as most anthology pieces can be. There were Oh my gosh. I want to say there were six or seven shorts and, and one of them was great. 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 Like I, I would like to see a feature length. Two of them were pretty good. Uh, a couple of them were okay. And then I think there were one or two that were really pretty forgettable. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, a mixed bag, definitely all the creatures were stirring was the better of the two. Um, but it was, you know, it was just fun. It was just fun to get together. Nice. That's awesome. I know that you used to do like a yearly thing where, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you have like a, a setup where you, uh, had like a, had like a screen in your backyard and was, were projecting movies in your backyard? Oh, yeah. That, mm-hmm, yeah. So that was that, um, well, gosh, we didn't do that. We haven't done that since we lived at our house mm-hmm. before we got married. So this, oh, this yeah. was, yeah, this was like 2012 to 2014. But those, all three of those summers, we would do uh, a double feature marathon in the backyard. Nice. Um, I don't know why I said double feature marathon. That's not a thing. But we would do we would do a double feature in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Usually, just a, a kind of a crowd pleaser, and then a and then a and then a horror movie. Nice. One year we did. Uh, yeah, we did Wreck mm-hmm. and um, like Zombie Land or something like that. <laughs> You know, something something a little, like, underseen by sure. some of my friends, and then one that I know that they would like to keep, <laughs> keep them awake. <laughs> nice. Did you ever get any, like, friction from the neighbors or anything about it? 
No, not at all. Nice. nice. No. Um, there are a couple things I want to go through for housekeeping before we get into our reviews and everything. Um, okay. I just want to check in. Housekeeping. Uh, <laughs> nice. For a split second, I thought that that was Amanda, and I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah. Uh, how has your experience with A-List been and how's movie night going? It's fantastic. A-List is so great. It's, yeah, I know how excited you are. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You you were like hanging on my, it's, it's great. It is, it is as advertised, maybe better than advertised. I don't know. I, the only thing I'll say is, we wouldn't be going to AMC if it were not for A-lists. Yeah, I can understand that. We live minutes, minutes from our local show place. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, I think Jake, uh, it lives, gosh, five minutes, and I live maybe eight minutes mm-hmm. from show place. And so that's pretty nice, especially if we're trying to hit something real quick. We can yeah. go to show place, um, but. Generally, we don't mind the drive and we carpool. I just, I don't love that it kind of, um, it locks us into the AMC thing. And and usually that's not a problem, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it is. For instance, our our local show plays South, which is our $2 theater. Every now and then they'll play kind of classic movies. Nice. Uh, And I just feel like, you know, if it's movie night, uh and I go see a classic movie at Showplace, I'm paying $2 and not using one of my AMC movies for the week. So that gets a little, um, again, like locked into that, yeah. to that deal or whatever. Uh, and the last thing I'll say, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to crap on it because I, I really do love it. Right. The last thing I'll say is the, the 25 minutes of trailers is nearly unforgivable. God awful. Like and I and I love uh, trailers, but me too. My God, well, well twenty five minutes is is obnoxious. It's obnoxious. Yeah, like I w- I saw um, the mule on Sunday, and like I um, uh, I I like got concessions and everything. And I was like eating and drinking my concessions and everything, and then I was like, like the trailers are going, and I'm like, oh God, I kind of I kind of really got to take a piss right now, <laughs> and yeah. so. I'm like, oh, there's been like three or four trailers, and like I even checked like when you when you do a list and you or you buy any ticket on the AMC app, um, on my phone at least on on Android you can have it add to calendar and it automatically adds it to your to your calendar, and it will give mm-hmm. you the time frame like okay it's a 4:30 showing that like the it'll put in the time frame of like 4:30 to like 6:26 or whenever the movie actually gets out, so right. Like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I really got to pee. It'll take like, it'll take like 30, 40 seconds tops. I'm right across from the bathroom, but there's been like three or four trailers. I don't want to miss like the very beginning of the movie. And so like, I'm <laughs> kind of like, kind of like doing that mental kind of thing. And then I was like, all right, screw it. I'm just going to do it. This It's stupid. I'm going to go ahead and relieve myself. Yeah. 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 So, so I did that and then I came back and there was like four more trailers like not exaggerating four more on top of the three or four already. And I, yep. I was just kind of blown away by it. I was like, I could have just, you know, I could have shut out a turd or something. Absolutely. Uh, it is. 
It is extreme. It yeah. is extreme. Twenty five minutes is 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 obnoxious. I, yeah. Um, it's one of those like theater killers. I think it sucks, especially on a weeknight. I can't. You know, we have this where we just go every week and we just do. But I can't imagine being like, "Hey, let's go catch a movie." Oh wait, it's at seven thirty, but it's actually going to start at eight o'clock. That's that's obnoxious. Yeah, I, I can get that side of it for sure. Um, on the other hand, like I'm chronically uh, late and not punctual. Um, like yeah. a great example is like, okay, I get off work at three thirty, and I had I had a ticket on a list for um, that Natalie Portman movie, Portman movie, uh, Vox Lux. Um, mm-hmm. I had yeah. that for tomorrow at three fifty. And the theater is like maybe 10, 15 minutes away, but I wanted to bring a change of clothes to work. And I was like, well, you know, I can do that because I'll, I'll just go in in the middle of the previews and stuff. It'll be fine. But I just know that like, okay, the entire time I'm changing in the bathroom, the entire time I'm in the car, the entire time I'm driving there, I'm going to be freaking out, like having massive anxiety over it. So I just canceled yeah. that ticket. <laughs> I just canceled that ticket and got a, got a ticket for, um, Mortal Engines, which I'm not even that interested in seeing, but yeah, talk about a backup. Yeah, but it's just it's I don't know trailers. I I I I wish that they advertised when the actual movie started. Like yes, like add that into it or whatever, so that I don't have that anxiety. Yes, hundred percent. Yep. Um, but that's great that it's that it's going well for you though. Um. Yeah. yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I uh, was kind of fooling around on Letterboxd at work today, and I re- like I tweeted this, but in the like six months, I, I got I got a list uh, right around like halfway through the year, and so okay. throughout this last half of the year, I've seen a considerable amount of movies in the theater, and I won't say like the actual stats because that's for in a few weeks, but um. <laughs> But, um, in 2016, when I had movie pass for the entire year, I saw 83 movies in the theater and I'm not going to break that record this year, but with only having a list half the year, I am much closer than you would think I am to breaking that record. (laughs) So yeah. So next year. Next year, I'm fully anticipating it being a huge year for me in terms of theater viewings. Very cool. Yeah. Um, which, and this is weird, and this is a slight tangent, and we can talk very briefly about it, but, you know, I've been seeing a lot of, like, like kind of heavy movies, I guess, um, both in the theater and kind of just in catching up on all the 2018 movies I want so I can get a well-rounded top 10. Um, and right. I, I've had that like on my mind for the last like couple months pretty much. And that's like, that's all I've been consuming. And it's to the point where in a weird way, now that I have a list, I'm, I'm weirdly excited for like the January, February doldrums of the, of the, uh, of the industry where they kind of just dump their kind of shitty movies for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, Just, yeah, not because not necessarily because like, because I, I just want the experience of like, oh, I want to go see a shooting movie. It's like I want to go to a kind of just turn my brain off, not have to think too hard or or have like an emotional thing. Just I just want to see just, you know, 
the movie uh, studios B level stuff. And then on the other hand, yeah. I yeah, and I also just I'm really excited about if there, if and what will be. Um, that's a weird turn of phrase. Um, what will be kind of hidden gems in that, in that, uh, that kind of wasteland? Oh, nice. Yeah, there reviewings. absolutely. There always is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Like a good example yeah. of that is the boy that came out like a year or two ago. I thought that was a really effective movie. Yeah. Yeah. Better than you would think. I think, I think, uh, better than it was received as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, let's uh, kind of move on a little bit. I got a couple other things. Uh, you posted a list on Letterboxd that was uh, 10 Years of Shock, Mike White's 61 Favorite Horror Movies. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk to the, talk about that a little bit? <laughs> sure. You weren't supposed to see that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, what was it? 61. Okay. Yeah. So that's pretty simple and, and not as... Um, Oh, exciting or, or sophisticated as it might look. 61 sure. just is an arbitrary number. Okay. Um, that list is when I started compiling my, so last year I had some friends who wanted to, who were asking about like, if I was going to do Shocktober, I've never done Shocktober before, mm-hmm. where would you have me start? And so I, I kind of made three fun lists. I made a list for beginners i made a list for seasoned veterans like uh if you've seen it all here's some under scenes i feel like i've said gems six times in this podcast already (laughs) and then uh and here's a list of 31 like if i were curating a best of all time and so excuse me what i did was i just went through all of my movie stats, all my movie records going back to when I started back in 2008 and just kind of highlighted all the movies that I liked uh, and kind of made a list of the top, the ones that just stood out as the ones I love that I've seen in the last, well, I guess that's 10 years. Uh, and just the number is 61 just happens to be 61 movies. Okay. Yeah. It did yeah. seem kind of like a random, a random number. Um, well, it was, I, I came up with 31. I, I, the idea was that I had 31 and you watch one every day of the month in October. Um, but because, um, because I like more than just those 31 and I wanted to be able to kind of pick, uh, from, so next year I'm hoping to do kind of a greatest hits Shocktober where instead of nice. watching new stuff that I've never seen before, I want to watch favorites because I've missed, you know, it's been a while since I've seen Scream or Behind oh, the Mask yeah. or Sinister. It's been a couple of years because I'm, I'm just trying so hard to watch so many right. new things that I miss a lot of my favorites. And so I, I, I put that list together of the 31 that I would watch if I were going to have like my all out greatest hits. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, okay, that, you know, when I made this list back in June or whatever, July, I was like, well, it's not just 31. I, I curated that list from a list of whatever 60 mm-hmm. turned out to be 61. So I just kind of redone that list. So now it's 61. Um, I guess I should just for the sake of a base 10 pretty list, I guess I should bump it up to a hundred. 
Mm-hmm. I would, but uh, the fact of the matter yeah. is, what are you gonna say? I was just gonna say I I would, I would like that. <laughs> just the way my brain works. <laughs> is that just bothersome? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I could, I suppose, add to it. Man, I've seen a lot. Like, uh, man, this year, and it just blew me away. Mm-hmm. Just blew me away. But the, but the, I, I mean, I could, by all means, make a list of a hundred because whatever, because that's fun. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I, I'm just going to watch thirty-one this year. <laughs> so, right, you know, a, a, another, uh, whatever the math is, sixty-nine movies just are going to go. This is just gonna be sitting on a list somewhere, which is fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's cool. I'm, I'm, like, and we've talked about this a lot, but I just, I, I'm, I love how, um, how much Letterbox, Letterboxd is enabling both of our shared love of making lists. So. Oh my God! Yes, it's, it's uh, it amazing. is just insane. It's too much. It's almost too <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, but I will say. Way. I will say, and I'm going to throw you under the bus here, Matt. Oh, God. Yeah, it's coming. I will say, you you could tell me to bump that list up to 100 because you'd feel more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But you still wouldn't watch any of them in October if I made you a <laughs> list of which ones to watch. Would you care to, would you care to elaborate on that? Uh, I've been super busy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, what, he, what he's referring to is that Mike was kind enough to make a list of uh, Shocktober movies for me to watch in Shocktober uh, as homework. And I watched maybe three of them out of 20, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, you did watch three. I did, yeah. I watched Wolf Creek 2 and... Okay, nice. Um. Yeah, Wolf Creek Two was amazing. Um, yes. Yes. God, what was what was the guy's name? Um, Mick. Yeah. Um. Because I kept trying to do like a fake Australian accent. Um. What's his last name? Uh, Tyler. Mick Tyler. Mick Tyler. Yeah, I kept, I kept yeah. going like I'm Mick Tyler, but I can't. Taylor. Do- Mick, Mick Taylor. Uh, yeah, so I did watch some of them, um, and I do have every intention of watching all of them. Um, if you go to the actual list, um, yeah, okay, yeah, I watched Splinter, Ritual, and Wolf Creek 2. Um, I was watching them in reverse, like, like from, you know, 20 to 1. And if you look, I put notes on each one that has, like, my review of each one. At the bottom, so, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, sh- slowly but surely, I will watch all of them. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, you watched a couple, yeah, and I think it'll be fun. Is once I watch all of them, we should do like an episode that's just me and you talking about the the list itself and discussing them. Yes, yeah. that'd be great. So here in like four years, we'll we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. <that's>... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I have every intention of watching all. of them. But yeah, um, right yeah. So moving on, last piece of housekeeping and everything. And I didn't have any news items or anything, so we can breeze past that. But uh, last piece of housekeeping, though, is that friend of the show Tony Troxel at Indiana Geeking on Twitter and Indiana Geeking on Letterboxd. He um, 
he was a recipient of our pro membership that we gave away a couple months ago and he's been using that to full effect. Like he's been, yes. yeah, it's great. Yes. He's been, that's wa- awesome. Oh yeah. He's been making a concentrated effort to, uh, to rate and review the stuff that he watches. And he actually on, uh, the insistence of some of his friends, I think watched and reviewed every fast and furious movie. Oh my God. And has like a list with all of them and everything. So, um, yeah, so check that out. He's Indiana geeking on Letterboxd. And I think when Hobbs and Shaw comes out, we're going to have him on to talk about to talk about that. <laughs> um, very cool. Very yeah. cool. So I'm very excited. I'm I'm excited that we're, you know, our influence is expanding in the world of Letterboxd. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um and yeah, and I, and I might be speaking a little bit out of school as it were, but like I'm I've got some ideas um, for like utilizing Letterboxd in the next year, um, just like the Letterboxd official subreddit, like they have their film club every week, and I'm gonna try to watch, keep up with that, and uh, some other ideas in the pipeline. Very cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So, anything else, or should we dive into our reviews this this episode? <laughs> Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 take the leap. Yes. So today we're talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and a little bit later we're going to be talking about Mandy um time permitted. But uh-huh. yeah, so Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. This is I'll read the plot description courtesy of IMDb. Um let me just bring that up real quick. I did not prepare for that. Okay. Is is this by the way are we doing spoilers here? Uh, non-spoiler and then spoiler. So we'll talk okay. kind of in broad okay. terms and then, and then we'll do a spoiler section. Sure. Yep. Uh, so Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of his reality and crosses paths with his counterparts from other dimensions to stop a threat to all reality. Um, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, stars, uh, the vo- vocal talents of Shamik Moore as Miles Morales, Jake Johnson as Peter Parker, uh, Haley Steinfeld is Gwen Stacy, Mahershala Ali, uh, Brian Tyree, uh, Henry, uh, Lily Tomlin, and Zoe Kravitz, John Mulaney, a bunch of other people. Um, Mike, I'm super excited to talk to you about this movie because I know how important Spider-Man is to you, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm just gonna let you run with it. What did you think of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and what were your expectations going into it uh, when you saw the marketing and everything earlier this year? Uh, well, I love that you say you're going to let me run with it. That might be dangerous. <laughs> uh, but I'll, but I'll, but I'll do what I can. Right. Um, short review. I loved it. I just, I just yes. loved it. It it's, um, I will say right now that it's in my top 10 of the year. Nice. Um, I, it, it moved me. I felt things. It was so much fun. Um, the, the, did I read correctly? That's the, the biggest opening weekend for an animated movie. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw a 35 million weekend and that doesn't seem right to me that, um, I would have guessed that an opening weekend for an animated movie would be bigger. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, 35 million opening weekend, uh, in a word, I, I loved it. Just love, just Just full love. So, my longer review, if I may. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, first, bef- sorry, so sorry. Okay. What were your expectations going into it? Like, well, like, were you 
amped for this movie when you saw the first trailer? Because I was a little mm-hmm. indifferent to it when I first saw the first trailer. Yes, that's actually where I was going. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So, um, going into it, I will say, uh, kind of like you asked, I was a little underwhelmed by... Well, I wasn't underwhelmed by the trailer. I think I was underwhelmed by the prospect of a... Um, another Spider-Man movie. Like we, we already have Spider-Man movies. We, we the, we're in our third iteration of the character. We already have uh, Spider-Man far from home coming out. Like we know that's coming. So when I heard that there was an animated one to me, I, I just, I just couldn't get too excited about that. Right. Um, I think I've said on the podcast before, I'm not a huge fan of, of animated movies right. and that's my detriment. I, that that's my fault. Um, but it reminded me of like, like Batman mask of the phantasm, which I think yeah. a lot of Batman fans kind of call it their favorite. I've seen that thrown around as their favorite Batman. I but have I, too. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, it's just, it's just, um, I just can't feel what those people feel. Mm -hmm. And, and, and there's no, I don't want to take away from that being their favorite. I just, it doesn't hit me as like a great Batman movie. Anyway, Spider-Man. So then I saw the trailer and I was just floored by the trailer. I I thought, yeah, I, I mean the visual aesthetic, uh, to me felt like something I'd never seen in an animated movie before. Mm-hmm. It, I love the idea of taking that, uh, that dotted comic effect, right? The ink, the mm-hmm. inky effect in the backgrounds and laying cleaner animation on top of that, uh, as well as using different styles of animation for the various iterations of Spider-Man, the, the, the various spider characters. Um, I thought that was fascinating. Just like the scene where they're they're in the dorm and they're kind of on the ceiling and they're all kind of crawling back and forth, right? Yes. <laughs> and Spider Ham is like whoop, like swinging behind them in an entirely different animation than all of them. It it was just like so much fun to look at mm-hmm. in the movie, but the, but the trailer had me anticipating that. So. That's that's really interesting because the trailer I kind of I didn't I wouldn't say I had the opposite reaction to the trailer. I was just a little more indifferent when I first saw the trailer because it felt like that style of animation while yes it was extremely unique and like something I'd never seen before. Um and just to preface what I'm about to say this is strictly just from my first impression of the trailer like the movie I had right. completely opposite one but it right. felt like the movements yeah. you, were, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it felt like the movements were a little jagged a little bit, like cause, just because oh, of the okay. animation style. And like my brain couldn't really comprehend how they would make Spider-Man look like good in that context because <laughs> Spider-Man is like his whole thing is swinging, like web slinging and everything. And that's such a smooth kind of thing. And it felt... I think I think really my mind just kind of harped on the shot in the first trailer where Miles Morales is running down the street and he like jumps to avoid like a car wreck or something and it just felt mm-hmm. like like my eyes couldn't really process the action cuz it was like kind of maybe a slower frame rate than I th- was expecting or something, but I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me and it's making me think that it was more l- or less smooth than 
then uh, okay, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we can talk about that because I think they're they're they're. Um, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with our age and our eyes, which is something yeah. I want to talk about in a little bit. Our 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 age. I'm going to hit on that quite a bit, actually. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, but so yeah, I but- see the I, I see the trailer. I I think the trailer looks good, and then I I oh gosh. A week or so ago, or more than that, uh, but before the movie came out, I started. To, we started seeing the tweets about the movie, mm-hmm. movie of the year. Well, okay, that's fine. Sure, best animated movie in years. Okay, yeah, that, that, okay, mm-hmm. best Spider-Man movie ever. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> And so I just like, I put on my curmudgeon hat mm-hmm. and I was just like, you mean to tell me this animated movie starring Miles Morales as the centerpiece and old fat Spider-Man <laughs> is better than Spider-Man two. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little grateful that tiny's not on here. I, I love tiny <laughs> to pieces, but <laughs> I don't think he holds them in high regard. Cause no. we, we know he hates, um, Toby Maguire. But in terms of, in terms of like the best comic book movies ever, mm-hmm. I've said, a, I've said a hundred times it's, it's the dark Knight, It's Captain America winter soldier. But I've also said what makes those so good is they're not comic book movies. Right. They're, they're great. It's a spy thriller mm-hmm. and a crime drama with superheroes yeah. in it. If you're asking me what the best, the best version on film of a comic book I can imagine. It's Spider-Man 2. And mm-hmm. I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who could at least convince me otherwise. I mean, whatever. That's, that's you know, I'm full of myself. But um, <laughs> it's just, if I'm, if I'm rating what a comic book movie needs to be, mm-hmm. it needs to be interesting. It needs to look like my character it needs to feel like my character it needs to be a good movie obviously it needs to be colorful uh and then a big component is it needs to adhere at least slightly to the stories i'm familiar with Mm -hmm. in the comics okay and so when i see people tweeting into the spider-verse is the best comic book movie ever it's the best spider-man movie ever immediately my spidey sense goes (laughs) No, nice. no, it can't be because a this is not oh this is not my Spider Man oh <laughs> not my Spider Man oh god but also b I know I read into the Spider Verse I read the mm-hmm. Spider Verse arc which took place in Amazing Spider Man where Amazing Spider Man Peter Parker is the main character mm-hmm. uh, and and um. It's not at all about this movie. So, uh, so if you don't mind, I'll spoil it really quickly. There are these, sure. there are these characters, these immortal beings called the Inheritors, uh, and they feast on spider totems. And a couple times, mm-hmm. uh, Morlin, the leader, has tried to kill Spider-Man. He was successful one time, but Spider-Man came back. Anyway, in the Spider-Verse, they take all these different spiders from the various, the, the multiverse and bring them in. And, and, and Peter Parker and Miles Morales have to, get rid of these inheritors, whatever they're successful. That's the spider verse. I knew that that wasn't the movie that they were going to make. I knew that they could, that, that, that would be impossible. There's no precedent for that. So I knew that this would need to be an original story. So that said, 
I'm already thinking, okay, this is not only is this not my Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. it's also not my Miles Morales Mm -hmm. and it's not going to adhere whatsoever to the familiarity I'm used to. Interesting. Well, and that that's, that's interesting. I like, I kind of get, um, a little bothered when, when people speak so hyperbolically about the movie, which I mean, spoiler alert, I really love the movie. It's not going to make my top 10, but I really, really enjoyed it. But Okay, okay. But, like, it kind of, and this might be a completely different conversation, and we don't need to harp on it, but, like, the reaction of, oh, this is the best Spider-Man movie ever, this is the best comic book movie ever, it's like, people were saying that same thing about Captain America Civil War saying like, oh, this is the, like the best Spider-Man movie is a Captain America movie. It's like, no, he's mm-hmm. in the movie for five minutes. It's like, it's not, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just get kind of a bug up my ass about that. But, um, but, but, but yeah, <laughs> let me tell you why I think Into the Spider-Verse might be the best Spider-Man movie. Interesting. Okay. Nice. Okay. Go, go right ahead. That's good shit, right? That's good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it might be. Nice. I think it might be. And we can give our review uh, and we can go through some of the scenes and talk about the things we love. And I, and, and I think we will, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get to my conclusion here so we can kind of riff on that if you don't mind. Sure. Go right ahead. So first I want to say, when I say it's not my Spider-Man, it's not my Spider-Man. You kind of, you kind of <laughs> laughed a little bit and you go, oh, sure. and I want to say I'm not talking about the fact that Spider-Man is a black kid. Those right. people are fucking awful. Yeah, and and to, you know that I hate racism. Yeah, to be and clear, I've said I, was multiple, not into, I was not. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Right. I just, I just want to make sure that it's clear uh, uh, to right. listeners because I've said multiple times, we, you know, we remember when Donald Glover was, there was kind of an online, um, you know, uh, fervor over yeah. Donald Glover playing Spider-Man uh, and Dan Slott, the writer of Spider-Man at the time, kind of said something and I kind of fell in step with that. To me, it's not the color of the skin of the character. To me, I just want to see Peter Parker. Now, if mm-hmm. Donald Glover, a black man, is Peter Parker, I would love that. Mm-hmm. I just don't need a Miles Morales movie. You know what I mean? I see. Right. That, so at that time, I didn't want Miles Morales, I wanted a Peter Parker movie. Sure. So let me tell you why I loved Spider-Verse and why I think it might be the best Spider-Man movie. Um, right. Most importantly, you know, you, you kind of threw it to me and you're like, I want you to go because I know that you, me, uh, right. you said you are the, the, the Spider-Man expert. You, mm-hmm. you Spider-Man is something you hold near and dear to your heart. Uh, you know, I have, I have a, a vast collection of comic books, video games, games, posters, action figures, all, I love Spider-Man. We know mm. this, whatever. Right. Um, and this movie is not for me. Mm-hmm. They didn't make this movie for me. Uh, and, and so a couple years ago, I would have been frustrated by that. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple of years ago, we'll say we'll say 
10 years ago. I, that would have frustrated me uh, if they had made a movie and it wasn't for me because I, it, that's my Spider-Man. I grew up with Spider-Man. Right. You need to make a movie based on the version of Spider-Man that I think exists, which they did in 2004. It's mm-hmm. called Spider-Man 2 starring, to- starring Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. And so in 2018, they're not putting out Spider-Man movies for 32 year olds. They're just not, I'm sorry. And, and, and so five years ago, if I would have seen this movie, I would have said, you know what? It's just not for me. I don't care for it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I go from, it's not for me. I hate it to, it's just not for me. Right. So like 10 years ago, it's not for me. I hate it. Forget this movie. We'll say five years ago. It's not for me. I just won't see it. I'll Mm -hmm. push it aside. Right. Today, I'm saying this movie's not for me, and I love it. I love it because it's not for me. Nice. And right? This, this might be jumping ahead a little bit, but how much of that do you think is informed by you being a father now? Like, get, oh, is there like a... 90%. Nice. Uh, right? I mean, 85%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so listeners of the podcast, the, the, maybe they know, maybe they don't know. I, I'm a father of two. My oldest is only two and a half, so he doesn't doesn't watch movies and he only knows that daddy likes spider-man he doesn't even care who spider-man <laughs> is at this point sure. but um th- you know this movie is is for eight-year-olds so um when when you and i were talking about doing this podcast i i retweeted a picture uh, of this woman i think she was a film critic and it was a picture of her nephew taking a picture in front of like the movie theaters uh, art display of the film. And it was a young black boy who was maybe 11 or 12. I saw that. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. The fact that the kid, so the the story is that this kid, this young black boy turns to his, his mom or, or his aunt and goes that he, that's me. He, Spider-Man looks like me. Okay. And and that gives me chills, and that might not give you chills, and that's fine. It, oh, it, it, that that could be chills. a little. Sh- you'd got chills, okay? Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. And and so, um, maybe it like let's err on the side of that's too schmaltzy, right? Like maybe that's sure. a little too cute. Spider Man is me. Well, okay, whatever. When he puts on the mask, he has powers. You don't have powers, but <laughs> um, but what I learned, Spider Man is now. Mm-hmm is this character that 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 is almost frozen in time but is so purposefully meant to evolve with the era mm-hmm. that he's in okay if spider-man so so the message of the movie is anybody can be spider-man mm-hmm. right it's not it's not just it's not just that any color of person can be spider-man or any human being can be spider-man it's that anybody can be powerful if they're aware of and utilize their responsibility, that's the message of the movie, yes. right? It just so happens that Miles is also bit by a spider and he's badass and, and cool and right. everything is, all, you know, he saves the day and all that. But anybody can be Spider-Man. And, and, and frankly, you know, I used to hear that 10 years ago or, or, mm-hmm. or at least when, when Donald Glover was, was in talks to be, Peter Parker or Miles, right. that what was so cool about Spider-Man is that under the mask, he could be anybody. And I always thought, yeah, I guess he could, but I don't know that that's definitely the message, but that is a hundred percent the message of mm-hmm. Spider-Verse. Yeah. And I love that so much. I love that Spider-Man, this idea 
of what it means to be Spider-Man is not my Spider-Man anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome. It has evolved from this thing. Spider-Man is not just Peter Parker. Spider-Man is this, almost this idea, right? Of like, Batman is this idea, right? He's a symbol, he's a metaphor. Now, Spider-Man is this, this mask of responsibility we wear where we, we just take the leap and we soar through the sky and maybe we shouldn't take this leap, but we do it anyway. Anybody can be that. And I think that's fucking beautiful. Mm -hmm. So all that said, all that said, this movie is not for me. Mm -hmm. Miles is not for me. Anybody, anybody age 10 to 15 can be Spider-Man. But you know what they did? They included my Spider-Man as well. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and he's old and fat and he wears sweatpants <laughs> like me. Yep. Oh, God. Isn't that perfect? It's, it's mean, amazing. And that's beautifully said. I think it's the best one. Oh, and I totally, totally get that. I, I absolutely get that. Um. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue. Thank you for with letting it. me riff. Forever, oh no, that's that's perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's why I have you here. Um, but no, it's and it's funny because like I honestly, I'll, I'll be honest, I enjoyed the movie immensely. Like I really, really enjoyed the movie. I did not really um get that kind of that kind of emotion out of it as far as like what the overall message was. I just think it was a cool ass movie. Yeah. Um, well, it was also that. I think yeah. it was cool. But hearing too. you just expound on it so much, so eloquently like that is like, it's that's, it puts it onto an, an entirely different level for me. And while I yeah. still think that like Spider-Man homecoming is probably uh, my favorite Spider-Man movie just in general, um, mm-hmm. and I think, and I feel like maybe at some point you said this or someone else said this or someone on another podcast said this, but like Spider-Man homecoming isn't like the comic book Spider-Man fans movie. It's yeah. like the MCU fans movie of yeah. Spider-Man and like, yeah, I totally like I'm the MCU fan <laughs> rather <laughs> than comic book fan. And I ate up every second of homecoming, but Spider-verse. Well, what I love about uh-huh. Homecoming is how small it is, right? The, yeah. Just the scope is is it's it's truly like the best version of um, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, exactly. Yeah. So I I definitely love it for that. I I said that maybe before this movie, it was probably the most oh. Like the the objectively tightest movie in, yeah. this, in the entire Spider-Man canon, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of you know that big that big quality, I need of like adhering somewhat to the comics, or at least the comics I know. Mm-hmm. It was Spider-Man Two, really for a long time. It was the first Spider-Man, but just right. recently, I kind of took in Spider-Man Two and realized its merits. Um, um, like, real quick, uh, there's a lot, there are a lot of Easter eggs in Spider-Verse. I don't know how much of that would be spoilers or not spoilers, but there is a, oh, okay. Yeah. There's a reference to Spider-Man three <laughs> that in like yes. the opening scenes of, of, uh, Spider-Verse that like, I saw it with Kirsten and she like nudged me and laughed like at that moment. And I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> well, you know, what was interesting about that is part of it, 
part of me wanted to believe was I like, wait a second, is this Spider-Man four? Oh, that would have been interesting because he stops the train. Right. Right. The same way he does the upside down kiss with Mary Jane. Yep. But there are some differences. He's fighting not Norman Osborn in the movie, in the timeline. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Norman Osborn is dead and also not a, a beast of a creature. Right. Um, and also in that dancing sequence, he was, he was out of costume. Yeah. And under the influence of the symbiote. So it, do, right. it doesn't quite line up. And, and now I'm kind of really showing my, my nitpicky side. Sure. Um, but I don't know. Like, like when it, when it was the upside down kiss and the train, and I was like, oh my God, this is Spider Man 4. <laughs> in the same way, in the same way that TMNT from 07, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that animated, yeah. is essentially Ninja Turtles 4. Is it really? I never saw it. That's it interesting. Is, yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, is this 4? But then some of the things are different, and, yeah. and, and the, the main comic book universe, this is a little too inside, but stick with sure. me. The main comic book universe you read, if you read Spider Man, if you read The Amazing Spider Man, the flagship title, uh, that's Earth. 616 is the okay. name of the, the the dimension we're reading in. Um, and so I always just assume that movie Spider-Man is also 616. I okay. don't know. I guess not. There's a lot of differences. But, um, yeah, in fact, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what dimension he's in, but he's probably in a different dimension. But, I, sure. uh, like, I thought that this movie took place in the same dimension. You know, it's funny is... Is that uh, old fat Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. I think they want us to believe that he is Earth Six One Six Amazing Spider-Man. I th- I think so too because the uh, like it has like Coca-Cola billboards and all that. So yeah. Um, well, yeah. and when you see Kingpin's machine and it and it and it just briefly flashes like where all the different. Mm-hmm. People are coming from one of them is six one six. Okay, so I I think we can assume <laughs> it's not Noir or Gwen right. or I I think we can assume only one left to assume is is Fat Spider. I don't know why you right. calling him Fat Spider Man, but <laughs> Old Spider. Sure. Let's get into more specifics about about into the Spider Verse, like uh, yes. plot wise, uh, character wise. Voice acting. Um, let's do that, and then and then after that, we'll go into our spoiler discussion. So, I'll kind of I'll kind of talk briefly about my my feelings on the plot and the the characters and everything. Um, okay. I love Miles Morales. I feel like he was a very relatable kid with the energy he brought to just the the whole like, oh my god, I'm 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 Spider Man. <laughs> like he was he had this Uh-oh. excitement and eagerness that I I thought was infectious. Um, Absolutely. Yep. And then on the flip side, uh, Jake Johnson as older Peter Parker was a delight. Like I, I, he's like the perfect guy for that kind of role. Um, yeah. He just has like that kind of kind of over it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got that tone that's like in his voice that's so just authentic to that character type. And I think that them working together in the movie was really great. Um, Mahershala Ali as. Uncle Aaron was fantastic. I throughout the movie, I was trying to discern if it was Donald Glover because I thought that would have been kind of cool if Donald Glover did the voice of Uncle Aaron because yes. he was Aaron Davis in Homecoming. Um, right, but I mean, 
Well, but not but not only was he Aaron Davis, but he like referenced his nephew. Exactly. Yeah, um, I mean that is him. Yeah. By the way, did you did you know I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil just really quick. Okay. Kind of a twist. So um, Oh, should we save that for spoilers? If you're if you're gonna yeah. say the thing that I think you're gonna say? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say, but now okay. that you said it, we might as well save it for spoilers. Yeah, let's save it for spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. That's okay. Um, but to answer your question, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that the characters were really great. Um, John Mulaney as Spider Ham, like <clears throat> the different Spider Spider Man Spider people in the movie. Yeah. Like I like about halfway through the movie, I was sitting there thinking two things. One is this is how you start like a group movie like the, like i kind of in my mind was like this is the kind of thing that dc should have tried should have done like they would have been i i don't know i had the feeling that i was like i would watch i would watch spinoffs of each of these spider-man characters yeah. in their own movie because yeah, sure. they're so interesting and i was thinking like i'm just amazed that they did that like they got me to feel that in this movie that is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Spider-Man should at this point be over, oversaturated. Cause I mean, we've got, we've had three different iterations of him on film. We've just this year, we got the video game. Um, and, and he was in, he was integral to Infinity War. Like we've mm-hmm. got a lot of, sp- and also, <laughs> um, Venom happened, um, <laughs> tangentially yeah, right. related. But right. like, I'm just shocked that like this property doesn't feel played out or anything. And I think that's a mm-hmm. mark to the source material and the uh, versatility of the Spider-Man character. But how'd you feel about the mm-hmm. plot and the characters and all that? I, I I loved it. It was it was comic booky. It was kind of the comic mm-hmm. book um, uh, style of you know the universes at stake kind yeah. of thing. Um, I really like, I thought it was kind of deep though. I, I love that mm-hmm. all the characters were well-rounded. Um, I really thought, uh, uncle Aaron was great. I love the back and forth with Miles and his dad throughout. Uh, and I think Kingpin's kind of tragic, uh, arc was, yeah. was prescient. Yeah. And, uh, Talk about like menacing too, like Kingpin. Like I love the des- mm-hmm. the character design. Like he's a he's a brick wall, massive. Is, yeah, he's yeah, massive. It's superhuman. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but it's it's so imposing, and it makes kind of the climactic sequence all the more intense for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just to and to kind of backtrack before we go into spoilers, the animation just to just to make it clear. That was a gorgeous freaking movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, pay, pay off the uh, pay off your introduction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was um, mistaken. Oh yeah, the um, the kind of color palette and like, especially in like the climax of the movie, like it is so just vibrant and colorful in a way that's not like obtrusive or anything. It's not like it's 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 not like that scene in Incredibles two where. They had to put up a sign saying, like, hey, you know, if you suffer from seizures, you might die if you see this movie. Uh-huh. Um, here it was like just everything blended together so well and it was so 
just well handled that it just it like it uh f- uh was a very fluid kind of animation technique and uh mm-hmm. color palette for the for the climax of the movie. I really love that. I will say if I have if I have to pick a thing I was not crazy about um I probably could have done actually without Spider Ham. Really? I and I yeah. I can't I argue against they, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they I don't think they like overdid it with Spider Ham. I mm-hmm. think it was kind of an appropriate amount. So I I no, I don't want to I don't want to cast him aside as if he, he like changed the entire tone of the movie like sure. um in fact I think they they handled Spider-Ham I don't want to say delicately that's not the right word but mm-hmm. um with restraint with with restraint yeah exactly mm-hmm. um I think they did a good job of of that restraint in fact there's a scene where kind of before the climax they're like they're leaving uh um Miles' dorm room, and they they kind of swing away, and there's the flip sounds and the spit, and they do like a like a little, just a little tiny wee, like <laughs> for him. Um, but they don't call attention to it. It's not played for a laugh. It's just mm-hmm. like that is his sound effect, and I was like, okay, that's pretty tasteful. That sure. said, um, I think there was so much uh, gravity to the rest of the movie, including that cartoony character. Just, just felt a little kind of pandering to the to the young ones, uh, for my taste. Yeah. And I, I also could have done without um, Penny Penny Parker and and Spy S P slash slash D E R or D R or whatever. Yeah, that one seemed like the one that kind of felt a little incongruous to the rest of the group, or yeah. maybe underdeveloped. But as far as Spider Ham is concerned. Um, I, I like, I mean, it, I can't argue against that. It is very much pandering, especially to like the younger people in the audience. But I think my love of that character is just from my, uh, an extension of my adoration for John Mulaney. Um, well, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I thought he, he nailed it. He was, he was the perfect kind of <laughs> hamming it up a little bit. Um, uh. Yeah. But, uh, but he gets like his own little action set piece, which I thought was fine. Like it was, it was kind of cool, maybe a little underdone, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I think, I think he was, he was a standout for me. Um, but yeah, but the, sp- uh, Mecha Spider-Man thing, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that was the one that kind of, it was the most abstract kind of Spider-Man incarnate iteration and i feel like it wasn't really explained as well as it could have been from for me at least Uh, well she's in spider-verse i mean she's mm -hmm. she's a character i was aware of in fact the the current wave of build a figure Mm -hmm. um action figures is i just bought a few i got them over on the shelf i got uh i got uh scarlet spider kane Scarlet Spider and then uh, Doc Ock, and I'm pretty excited about those. But they came with um, SP slash slash DR, basically the Mech mm-hmm. Spider sure. um, pieces. And I'm I don't plan on collecting those because mm-hmm. they're just I don't care about them. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, let's let's kind of just talk overall feelings about it, and then we'll dive into spoilers because I, I think that we can. Uh, I think we've we've exhausted our broad talk about it <laughs> so overall i enjoyed it a lot i almost saw it again today 
uh, before we recorded just to have it fresh in my mind. But I, I wanted to come home and take a nap in, instead. But, um, yeah. but it, it's, it's such a fun movie. I, I, it didn't resonate with me as a Spider-Man movie as much as like Homecoming or Spider-Man 2 back in the day. But right. I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it, and I'm still just floored at the fact that we have so many different incarnations of Spider-Man that, and it hasn't gotten stale yet um, for me. And I'm and I'm saying that as someone who hasn't read the comics or anything or any. Uh, of that right. So it's just it's amazing that this the film medium and video games have Spider-Man, and it's it still feels fresh and unique. Um, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So overall, uh, if you want to reiterate, and then we'll go into spoilers. Yeah, um, I I just can't sing its praises enough. I think that um, the more I talk about it, the more I love it. Mm-hmm. it it's kind of it's kind of one of those movies where you can almost like you've ever had that where you almost like talk yourself into loving <laughs> a thing more than you did originally. Yeah, um, I definitely. Well, I don't know about definitely, but I but I hope to see it again mm-hmm. we'll see what christmas break looks like for me sure um and uh yeah it was just excellent I, I just loved it i i think it's i think it's the best way that uh spider-man could have gone in mm-hmm. 2018 nice nice uh yeah. yeah i agree um let's go into spoilers for spider-man into the spider-verse Let's do it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of a super collider? You're going to love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. All right, kid, listen up. This fry is your universe. Soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious normal fry is my universe. So you want to learn to be Spider-Man? Can you teach me? Yes, I can. Time to swing. Ah, Good, you do it. Double tap to release and flip it out again. Okay. Swift and release. You're a natural. Swift. Hey guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. So we are spoilers on for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and Mike, you were going to ask me if I knew about Uncle Aaron's turn. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. Yeah. Um, you funny, are correct. funny story. I, I didn't, I didn't suspect it at all, but like right when, um, when miles is writing the note in his apartment, uh, Kirsten actually nudged me and she was like, Oh my God, he's working for, for Fisk or, or he's, he's one of the bad guys or something. Um, or okay. he's, the, he's the prowler guy. And I'm like, yeah, like, no, I don't think so. No, that's not, that's not going to happen. That's, that's uncle Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And then, yeah, that kind of, that kind of blew me away. And like, it's needed because that's his, I mean, that's his, he needs an Uncle Ben moment. He needs that, that moment, uh, for his, for his, yeah, but it's like, it's like Uncle Ben with a twist. It's like Uncle Ben, but he's a villain. And that's so juicy, dude. Yeah. So you loved it. (laughs) I take it. (laughs) What's that? You loved that character turn? I did. Well, I knew it, right? Oh, okay. Uh, Is that canon from the comics? It is actually oh, yeah. interesting. Okay, he, he is the problem. In fact, right now he is the Iron Spider. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, it, so he has kind of the he, he has like a black variation of the the red and gold Iron Spider outfit. Oh, that sounds um, so cool. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool looking. Um, so he's that, but yeah, I knew, I knew he was the prowler, um, especially in the ultimate universe he was. Um, but yeah, so I did know that. And I, and I, so I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. I'm kind of, I'm just kind of enjoying it, but also letting it wash onto me. Mm-hmm. And I, I turned to Jake, my friend who's seeing the movie with me, who did not know about ah. that. Uh, and he, when they, they reveal that it's, that it's Aaron, he, he like shook his, like it upset him. He was like, oh, oh nice. And I'm like, dude, I'm so jealous that you got <laughs> to feel that feeling. Cause that's awesome. <clears throat> Cause I think they paid off well. Yeah, me too. And, uh, just ever like that. And then it bleeds into no pun intended. It bleeds into, um, his relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> with uh Miles' relationship with his dad. Uh mm-hmm. like that scene where his dad is at the dorm the dorm room oh. and he's talking freaking heartbreaking and, and I yeah. just I love the characterization or and the the dynamic between Miles and his dad. It's just that was one of the best like arcs through the movie that I I really appreciated. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That was really awesome. Um I, I thought there was something it, I was under- Oh, uh one of the this is this is completely non sequitur, apropos of nothing, but one of the lines that just absolutely killed me <laughs> was when they're going through the um the facility and it's after after Peter Parker has planned out and he's like, Oh, we gotta get a bagel and then he gets the bagel and then like as they're being chased, one one just random woman's like, He took a bagel <laughs> and <it> just, <laughs> I, that just slayed me so like I loved it so much. Um that in Spider Ham's, uh, that's all, folks. Before he leaves, and then Peter Parker being like, "Can can he say that like legally?" <laughs> right. Yeah. I was just yeah, I love that. Too. Like I loved the there's there's so much as as pandering as uh as pandering as some of the elements of the movie are, especially like Spider Ham. Um, as pandering as it as it can be, like there's a fair bit of humor that's kind of geared maybe not toward us but like that we can appreciate and most of that is just mm-hmm. you know older peter parker um for sure for yeah sure. and i just i love the way the f- movie handled the comedy yeah yeah yep. and uh yep, yep. what'd you think of the action and the set pieces and everything oh man when he f- like finally dons the costume yes and they they bled like he's going swinging through and just takes the leap and they blend like the rap music with mm-hmm. film score. I can't think of another time that that's happened in a, in a <laughs> movie, let alone a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. And he jumps off the building and the glass comes with him, which they feature in the trailer. But yeah, you know, when, when you get the actual score and in it's the in the context of the movie, Oh my God, that hits so hard. I, I mean, like I'm getting chills thinking about yeah that scene it hasn't been that epic watching spider-man swing since the first one yeah i'll agree with you there oh yeah and um and also the suit just looks so badass um yeah i I love that that aesthetic um also speaking of suits did you when they went into the spider cave for lack of a better term (laughs) Uh huh. Um, did you catch? They had the video game. The video game one, yeah. I was like, they oh, that's did, so cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that I thought that was cool. And 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I really liked the action in the movie and the, uh, just the way the animation kind of, uh, uh, depicted the kind of action elements of it, the web slinging. Like I, I had egg on my face cause I was like, this is really fun. <laughs> despite what my uh-huh. first impression of the trailer was, um, <laughs> just such a blast, such a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Where do you see the franchise going? Like, I mean, I assume they're going to make a sequel. Um, how would you Gosh, want them to I don't do that? Know. Um, well, I think what I want is certainly different from what we'll get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always read that the, the best stuff is the stuff we don't know we want. Yep. Um, and so I guess that my cop out answer is I want to be surprised <laughs> if I'm writing my fanfic. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's just miles and Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the two, the Gwen was great, but I, yeah. but I think the, the chemistry, I, I, I think it is because I'm a father kind mm-hmm. of the, 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 the teacher, uh, the, the mentor and student aspect of the, the Peter Parker and Miles was right. really pretty great. I'd also like to see just a solo Miles adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe give him his kind of arch foe mm-hmm. um, would be kind of cool. I don't know. I think, I think maybe, I think maybe if they find a clever way to tie in the newer movies, um, there's just we just don't know because there are infinite possibilities right and uh in terms of you said like his arch nemesis and everything does miles morales like have like a like does that iteration of spider-man like have a specific like villain that's you know i'm gonna say well his uncle Aaron. oh yeah fair yeah uh you know, I'm going to say uh, something kind of polarizing, but I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like Miles is underused or underwritten. Okay. Um, he was created by Brian Michael Bendis, and mm-hmm. Bendis is notorious. He's very popular, very famous, very rich. Mm-hmm. But he is also notorious for um, playing a very, very very long game with his characters I see. where not a whole lot happens issue to issue and only a little bit happens over a long amount of time and if you kind of ask me what like what miles major story beats are gosh i'm embarrassed to say i can't tell you it's uh, to, to be honest i kind of jumped off the comic book with this latest iteration i see um because it just wasn't huge there was just nothing epic like i cared more about about miles than anything he did as spider-man i I think as spider-man he was dangerously underwritten okay that makes sense uh brian michael bendis there there was a did you catch the easter egg that like there was a shop or something that miles passes that is like bendis whatever uh yeah bendis something there was also he was in his uh text messages Oh, okay. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, it, it was in his contact list. Okay. And were there any other uh, Easter eggs that you caught? Um, Bendis was kind of the big one. Mm-hmm. A lot of the different Earths were right. kind of cool. Um, there are a lot of numbers that I need to look into to see if those are significant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'll tell you what, I love, I love Easter eggs. And I think there mm-hmm. were a good amount, but I was so, I guess I was so into the movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't really, like, I didn't take notes of all the, sure. of all the Easter eggs. Oh, I will say that the, the, the stinger at the end. I was just going to ask. When, when she goes, uh, when she goes, I found another Miguel and I go, Oh shit. That's all. like before, <laughs> like I was such a nerd, right? Like sure. before they turned the, the shot over to Spider-Man 2099. I was like, Oh, Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Did you catch who voiced him? I did not. Ah, it was a uh, one Mr. Oscar Isaac. No way. Yep. That is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. He's credited in... Thank you. Yeah, he's credited on IMDb as interesting interesting person number one. <laughs> <laughs> is 67 the other interesting person then? I guess so. <laughs> uh, or no, I, I think uh, the woman is interesting person number two. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that, that stinger, though, was so... Like I was, I was, I was very much, uh, into that. Like that's such, that was such a hilarious, such, such an hilarious, um, uh, stinger. Like I, I loved every second of it. <laughs> You're pointing uh-huh. at me. I'm pointing at you. You don't know what pointing is until you've been pointed at by me or whatever. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was cool. And then mm-hmm. it kind of evolved into funny, which I was kind of all for that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm. I mean, I'm looking forward to. Oh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the Stanley cameo. Oh yes, yes, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, that was that was great. And it was it was heartwarming. Um, yeah. I forget exactly what he he said something like that really kind of got me, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, um, just something about any anybody can. Yes. anybody can be under the mask or something like that. That's right. Yeah, that was that was yeah. really nice. That was a nice touch. The ma- the mask always fits eventually. Yes. I think yes. was his line. That's what it was. Um that was that was great. Um Yep. And very very heartwarming. I I wonder what his uh cameo in Endgame is going to be. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that was a I'm sure that was a bigger one than this one. And, sure. Um Yeah, I wonder how much they yeah, I don't know. Like right. how much they had planned or how much of it was changed after he died. That's a good question, yeah. Um sorry, my cat's messing around with the equipment. Um but yeah, yeah, any anything else that we can talk about with with uh into the Spider-Verse any parting thoughts? Um I can't wait to see it again. I think it's a movie that that should be seen in theaters, and I and it's a definitely a movie I can't wait to show my boys later. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of wondering, like that's because I, I don't know. I don't. I haven't really taken my nephews to the movies like ever. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like that's the kind of movie that I think I I can take them to. I don't know if I will or not, but. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um. But yeah, before we go on, uh, just real quick, what what do you think of the Endgame trailer? Um, I love it. I th- I thought it, I thought it was perfect. Mm-hmm. I kind of tweeted about it afterwards. I wish, like, 
what do I have to do to make that the only trailer we get? Oh my, I know, right? Like, uh, I, I, that's the only, uh, yeah, yep. I, that's perfect. That's what is. you want. That it's, is what you want. It's all I want to see from the movie until April 26th. Um, yes, me too. Yeah, exactly. But have you seen the, uh, the kind of memes that have cropped up with Tony Stark? Like, um, they did like someone did a uh, fake the Martian poster that just has Tony Stark and it says "Bring him home." That's <laughs> pretty. That's good. pretty good. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, just uh, like I, I honestly, I could watch those first like thirty seconds of the trailer on a loop and and like it would hit hard each time. Like the the motion in that of him talking to. Pepper in the or recording the message to Pepper is like, oh my god, that's so that's so just oh that's I'm so pumped, so pumped. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. It should be good. I can't yeah. wait. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So I think that'll do it for our review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um. We both liked it, and it was a very you know good good movie. <laughs> um. I don't know how to transition <laughs> out of that. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so let's, uh, do we have time to do a quick potpourri? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, so we just, we just reviewed Mandy. What I'm going to do since we got kind of into spoilers is I'm going to put that after the potpourri section we're about to do. Um, so once we finish potpourri, I'll prompt it for the, for the spoiler for Mandy. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, Right now we're going to do potpourri, which is a section of the podcast where we talk about anything we want, uh, stuff we've watched, stuff we're looking forward to, anything we want, as long as it smells good. A phrase that was coined by Mr. Mike White in, I think it's right. like 15, 14. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so yeah. So potpourri, uh, Mike, what do you got? So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go quick since I've, since I've missed so many weeks to talk sure. about as many as possible. I'm, I'm going to go breadth instead of depth. Okay. If I could. Cool. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to go back a little ways to November. Okay. Nice. And I'll say I watched hereditary, which was an early favorite for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not to spoil my top 10 list, but I will say it didn't move much uh, nice. on my top 10. It's still good. We, I, I watched it at home with my wife. She liked it quite a bit. And we had a good time. Uh, I did see Creed 2 in theaters. I thought it was not as good as the first one. Um, uh, and I was kind of surprised as much love as it got. I thought it was just kind of a standard sequel. Mm-hmm. I finally got around to Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping, the, I uh, the saw Lonely that, Island movie. I saw yes. that you checked into that, and I, I didn't realize that this was your first viewing. What did you think? It, I freaking loved it. Nice. Oh, my God. It was so it. So I have my watch list, right? My, my, mm-hmm. my list of movies that just for whatever reason slipped through the cracks. Sure. Maybe we didn't get out that week. Maybe Jake didn't want to see it or whatever. And mm-hmm. I missed it, but I always keep that list. And so I'd been turning actually. So I do movie nights on Thursday. I now also have Mike movie nights on <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> nice. Every Tuesday I, I kind of go through my list and watch some. Are, are you, uh, you going to so, do like a list on Letterboxd for that? Oh, please. Of course. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. And so, um, pop star was at the top of my non horror list. <laughs> nice. Okay. And I finally, um, like I've, have had it forever and I just never got around to watching it. Mm-hmm. It is as, as funny as I desperately hoped it would be. Nice. 
You know, I, strangely enough, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I watched Justin Bieber's Never Say Never from like 2010 or 11 or whenever that came out. I remember that you watched that. Yeah, I did. I watched that movie for some strange reason. (laughs) And, And it is, I don't know that a lot of people know. I mean, they know that pop star is you know one of the biggest targets is justin bieber that's yeah. pretty obvious um but there are moments in pop star that are directly lifted from never say never nice um and i you know i don't want to i don't want to claim to be like some elitist because i saw a terrible justin timberlake movie or uh, justin bieber movie mm-hmm. pardon me for the justin timberlake flub he's a god right. um but yeah, I definitely, there were things I, I kind of was able to dig into uh, because I saw that movie. And I just, I think Andy Samberg is so good in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool because Akiva and uh, Jorma Tacone mm-hmm. kind of got to shine a little bit more than you see them get to shine. It was just great. It, it was really great. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I caught at the beginning of the month, I caught Cam on Netflix. How was that? I, I, uh, I've been meaning to watch that. It's good. It's 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 pretty good. Um, I feel like because I watched it in December, I liked it quite a bit. If I had watched it, say, like on October twentieth, mm-hmm. right, twenty nineteen days into a shot, a long October, I probably wouldn't have liked it enough. But I kind of had, you know, November is kind of my palate cleanser sure. uh, after October, and so as like one of my one of my first new horror movies since october i really kind of enjoyed it quite a bit it's not very scary horror horror wise but um it was it was fun enough but speaking of horror i did finally so my movie last week was silent night deadly night okay nice which i adored it is a garbage garbage (laughs) uh halloween slash friday the 13th ripoff from 1984 where this guy witnesses Santa murder his parents. And then so he is like Santa in a Santa costume later on and decides to punish people who are bad by killing them with an ax. And I, I loved it. I loved it so much. It was, it was better um, than I think a lot of movies from its era are. And it kind of had a Christmassy vibe. I took the day, I took the day off of work. And, uh, because I just had so much to do, I took my son to daycare. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I wrapped Christmas presents and watched Silent Night, Deadly Night. And it really got me in the Christmas spirit. It was great. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that has been, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty. I watched Plane Trays and Automobiles at Show Place mm-hmm. South. Uh, A Star is Born is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, heads up. Don't look now. It's on my top 10 list sure. of the year. Um, and I saw Overlord, which I thought was a little bloated, but kind of okay. Some cool creature effects. And uh, and uh, I watched Avengers Affinity War at home, which really holds up a lot. Yeah. That's a great movie. <laughs> it really does. When when the uh, trailer for Avengers Endgame like, dropped, I was at work, and um, a peek behind the curtain is like, I think that was on a, was that on a Friday? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, the day, whatever day it was, like certain days. Oh, that I saw it? That I watched it? Oh, no, no, no. That, uh, that oh. Endgame's trailer came out. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Friday. Yeah, so it was a Friday. So like on Fridays at work, I kind of you know I we don't have like assigned seating at work or any like it's a kind of open seating and open concept. Um, but we do have like what we call focus rooms, which you can just kind of reserve a focus room and kind of be closed off and you know do your work and everything. And I like on Fridays, I like to kind of take a focus room and work in there all day and uh kind of have the lights mm-hmm. low and just kind of just not be bothered by anything. But like the second uh-huh. the second that I saw the end game trailer, I was like loaded up Infinity War on my phone, set it up next to my computer and I was working and watching Infinity War. Nice. <laughs> and nice. uh yes. and yeah, it's God, that movie is so great. It, it holds up as a standalone movie better than I thought it did. Yeah, same here. Yep. I agree. Like my complaint, so we watched it in April or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. But like by summer, I was like, yeah, but it felt like part one of two, which we know it is, whatever. Right. Uh, but watching it again, this, uh, I watched it on my birthday, actually, is when nice. I watched it, November 13th. I was like, man, this, like, it could stop here. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are arcs that pay off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of had that. Um, like whenever people said like oh it feels like the first half of the movie of a movie i i never really felt that as much as other people seem to have felt it mm-hmm. and i kind of stand by that each time i rewatch it. i think i've watched it like four times um and each time i'm just like this is this is a really great like just in a weird way self-contained but so open to the entire universe it's like it's such a it's such a unique and impressive thing that they pulled off. Yeah. We don't need to talk about Avengers. Yeah, we don't. Uh, we'll <laughs> do that we're, next year. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks anyway. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to kind of round us out for Potpourri, I've got a couple things I want to bring up. Um, one is uh, – uh, which one do I want to say first? Um, the Mule, uh, Clint Eastwood's movie about a uh, 90-year-old yeah. drug mule. Um, yeah. You know, I, the trailers didn't necessarily do much for me, but I have A-List, and I heard some pretty decent things about it. Um, I do want to point out that in the trailer, there's a shot where Clint Eastwood's walking outside of a uh, of a Waffle House, and Bradley Cooper's behind him, and uh, and like Clint Eastwood kind of turns around. So, like I have like every time I think of that, I think of Bradley Cooper saying like, "Hey, I just want to take another look at what you're transporting." Um, yeah, but, but anyway, uh, you know, it's a, it's a decent movie. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for Clint Eastwood as a filmmaker, um, like politics aside. And I know that he, a while ago he had some political stuff, but as a filmmaker, I respect what he does because he's freaking 88 years old and he's still making these sure. movies that are like they're not like little tiny character pieces for the most part. Like there's, there's some pretty elaborate stuff that goes on in the mule. Um, for, for the most part, um, elaborate for like what you would expect an 88 year old filmmaker to be able to do. It's not like, (laughs) like, like, I mean, it's not like, uh, Mad Max Fury road level of intricacies or anything, but it's like, it's respectable in its own right. Um, the movie is, Okay. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty okay. I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, some of the stuff that really kind of hit me is that, like, this character, Earl Stone, like, uh, his big arc through the movie is that he is this 
elderly man who has been estranged from his family or ostracized from his family is probably a better way to say it. And he's just kind of constantly thinking about how he messed up and how he, um, how he lost his chance to, you know, have his family. And, and it's a kind of down on his luck guy is turning to this drug mule thing to, to have a better life for himself and for his family that doesn't give him the time of day. And like that, that kind of aspect of it was really pretty heartfelt and pretty interesting to me. Um, some of the stuff with like the cartel and him getting kind of deeper in with the cartel, it was, it was okay. It it could have been more compelling and more um, tense. Uh, it could have been more mm-hmm. tense. Like in mm-hmm. the stuff with Bradley Cooper and Michael Pena as DEA agents who are kind of like tracking what's going on. Um, that's kind of independent from the other storylines in the movie and they're fine. Uh, like it, it's a fine storyline and when kind of stuff kind of comes to a head, it's, you feel that tension, but it's not as quite as tense as it could be. Also like, um, I'm not going to spoil it, but like toward the end, like there's some things happen that it, it feels like, I don't know if maybe I missed, I really don't know if I missed something, but it feels like there's at least like one scene missing. Like, Huh. Because it's it's kind of confusing. It's like one time at one point we're seeing one thing, and then the next point we're seeing the same thing, but in a different well, not same thing, but like we're seeing something different or the the outcome of something, and then it's not called attention to until the end of the movie. It's it's weird. It's I can't really say okay. it without spoiling, it, but it was just okay. the editing. Uh, the editing was kind of off for me. <laughs> um, but overall, it was a pretty solid movie. It's not you know it it. I never saw uh, 1517 to Paris, the other movie he had this year, because uh, it looked yeah, it looked god awful. Did you see that? See what? Uh, 1517 to Paris. No. Okay, yeah, me neither. But uh, it looked pretty god awful. But uh, but yeah, but it's <laughs> it's fine. Um, not gonna make my top ten, but it's worth mentioning. Um, and then the last thing I'm gonna bring up is Mike. Since you mentioned uh, you doing like Mike's movie night kind of thing, um, I've been doing this thing for a while, like this year, um, where I call it Netflix Roulette. Um, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but basically what I do is if I'm, if I'm indecisive about something I want to watch, if I have a lot of time on my hands and I want to watch something, I don't want to spend half an hour or 45 minutes picking something to watch. I'll just go to Netflix, go to movies, go to my list. And on the PS4, I just hit L or R2 and it's kind of cycles through the list. And then I wait a few seconds, stop it. And then I play whatever movie it lands on. And oh, that's, that's a dangerous game. I know. Um, it's fun. It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool because it's like there's a lot of stuff on my list that I put on there and I was excited to see. And then, I mean, it's like I just forget about them. And so, like, I did that and I have a list on Letterboxd to track the ones that I watch for Netflix Roulette. But um, the mm-hmm. most recent one that I watched was uh, Cheap Thrills. Have you seen this with the... Um, Dave Keckner and Ethan Embry and oh that the guy in Ty West's movies, um Pat Healy. Oh. No, but gosh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's about a kind of down on his luck guy who meets an old friend at a bar and then uh they get drinks and then this rich guy played by Dave Keckner kind of ropes them into a night of uh dares 
um, for money. Like, it, okay. it, it escalates. It's, it's a really, I think you would dig it a lot. Um, it escalates quite a bit. It's like, it starts out with simple things like, oh, go, uh, uh, tell, Tell uh, go ha- go say something to that woman to make her slap you in the face, and I'll give you a hundred bucks. Okay, and, yeah, and it just escalates like it goes into some very depraved, uh, disgusting, and extreme things. And it's so is it horror? It's it's dark comedy. Um, I wouldn't say horror. Okay. It's dark comedy thriller. Um. And it it is very satisfying because the escalation of it is so like uh, obscene and crazy, um, mm-hmm. but it is so it's presented in this thing that it's like you see these characters trying to one up each other and they're becoming more in competition with each other and they become more uh, loose with their. Um, the, for lack of a better word, they're they're really mean to one another. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's like it's just they they reveal kind of bitter truths about what how they feel about each other, and the lengths that they go to. It's like you're watching them just lose all dignity and and even their soul a little bit to an extent. Um, right. It's just it's a it's a really cool movie. It's a really cool movie. Um, okay. Yeah. And I took a gamble, and I Netflix roulette rouletted it, and uh, I'm happy I did. Bold strategy, Cotton. I know. Like I do have some like parameters there. Like I'll a few times, like most of the time, I'll just do it, and then like what's cool is like I'll I'll stop the cycle and everything, and I'll kind of like look away from the TV, and I'll just hit play. So like I'm literally mm-hmm. like watching the opening moments of a movie, having no idea what it is. And like, that's, oh shit, that's yeah, awesome. That's a really cool experience because, mm-hmm. like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I like, in my head, I'm like trying to figure out like what it is. And then sometimes, you know, movies start in a very, you know, crazy way. So, um, right. yeah, but lately, what I've been doing is I've been kind of like checking to make sure it's like a movie I really want to see at, the, at that time. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that's not the game, man. I know, I know. That's what I did with Cheap Thrills. And then another thing is, like, I want to keep it at, like, an hour and a half long most of the time. So I kind of check. Uh, like, that. That is the other challenge these days. Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, so that's – I have a list on Letterboxd of the movies I did that with. Um, yeah, and I think that'll just about do it for this episode, right? I think we got ourselves a podcast. Sweet. Well, um, as I said, we're going to have a spoiler review of Mandy. Um, I'm probably going to go ahead and put that after, excuse me, after the pre-recorded outro. Uh, which, by the way, thank you so much, Mike, for for uh, taking time to record that and everything. It was it's fantastic. Um, oh, sure, man, no problem. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, so that'll be after the pre-recorded outro, and then you'll hear our bonus review of Mandy, and. Uh, yeah, uh, real quick before we go, um, plug all your stuff and as good as it gets and everything. Oh gosh. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, on Twitter, I am at, I am Mike white. If you do Instagram, you can follow me, uh, at, I guess it wouldn't be at, but, uh, a G I G V O X. So that's as good as it gets Vox, a G I G Vox. Uh, that's my as good as it gets 
um, Instagram handle. Uh, speaking of as good as it gets, that is my that is my band. We do like piano, acoustic, pop rock. Um, I guess you'd call it. And we are on Bandcamp.com. You can download uh, a couple of our EPs and our latest album, Pastiche, which came out over the summer, which is on Google Play. It is on Amazon. It is on iTunes. It is on Spotify. Basically, anything you listen to or stream or download music, you can find our album, Pastiche, uh, by As Good As It Gets. The other thing, and I'll, I'll drop this on here, you'll You'll probably put this episode out after it happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this week, we are putting out our first ever Christmas song. Oh, that's Um, awesome. Yeah, we recorded a Christmas song. Um, It's called Yeah, it's called First Frost. It's just one song. It's just a single. Mm -hmm. And uh, that'll be out um, this week, which is, if you're listening to this episode, is last week. So, um, yeah, check that out. Search for As Good As It Gets. Um, it'll be on Bandcamp. It'll be on my Facebook. It'll be on our Facebook, and I'm sure Matt will share that uh, as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, give that give that a listen. That's that's my uh, that's my info. Sweet. I am super excited for that. And uh, as always, dude, it's so it's such a freaking blast to talk to you. I, I'm so glad <laughs> to have you have you on here, back Thanks, on man. here forever. Yeah, it's right. Fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, there's this one, and then. Uh, well, next week is Christmas, so not that one, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be on for the, for the year end episode. Mm -hmm. I'll probably do one over Christmas break. Uh, we've been talking, uh, so listeners, Matt and I have been talking Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I want to, I want to be on a little more regularly. So Mm -hmm. we're going to shoot for, uh, once, once every three or four episodes is kind of my goal once a month or so. Um, so if you like, the sound of my voice. If you like my analyses, um, stay tuned. I, th- I think I think we're at our best when we got the three of us in here, the classic totally lineup. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some of those. Hopefully you guys are too. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I just realized when you said you guys are too, you probably meant the listeners. <laughs> I just took it like, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I can't wait. And um and I'm super excited for the year in review episode. I've been thinking about it like all day. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as a teaser, we won't say exactly what it is, but I think we're going to announce like a little project thing that we're going to do in 2019. Yeah. That I'm, I'm yeah. like, I sent you guys a message about that last night and, or like the night before. I don't know when it was. It was Saturday night. It was Saturday night at like midnight. And I was like checking my message, messenger. I was like, are they going to respond? Like, like, are we going to do this? Cause it sounds really, like I was really excited about it, but I'm glad that yeah. we're going to, we're going to attempt it. But, but yeah. So anyway, you have kids and responsibilities and I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, spend, uh, like take up too much of your time, but thank you so much for, you know, hanging yeah. out. And of course, know, super I love excited it. To, yeah. Super excited. Do people, to do Hey, that. I want to do that. I want to do that thing again where we, uh, <laughs> Where we do the, a, a hashtag for if you're still listening at this yes. point, two hours in. Maybe not because the Mandy Mandy stuff will be later, right? And the Patreon is only for Patreon subscribers, right? So what? This is an hour and forty in or something like that. Yeah, just about. So if up. you're, what's the word we used last time? Watermelon. Um, watermelon, but we'll have to use a different one. Um, okay. Uh, you got anything? Um. um hashtag 
your poodle's cute. <laughs> no, that's a, that's too inside. Uh, 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 hashtag Vincent Vega. Vincent Vega. Okay. If, if you're if you're still listening at the one hour and forty, <laughs> I don't know when this is because Matt's gonna chop it up. Mm-hmm. But if you're listening to me right now, because I'm so interested in who listens to the end of episodes, mm-hmm. if you're still listening because you love the sound of my voice, <laughs> you like Miles Morales, and you like Mandy, tweet <laughs> at obsessive viewer or at I am Mike White or even at, at obsessive tiny. Yeah, if that's your if that's your main source, uh, hashtag Vincent Vega. I I love the idea of of Tiny just getting like random tweets like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Vincent Vega. I I like Pulp Fiction too, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, But yeah, cool. Well, this was fun. And uh, like I said, we're going to have a spoiler review of Mandy after the pre-recorded outro. So stick around for that. And uh, thank you once again to Robert in Utah for uh, his patronage and uh, for his suggesting that review. And once again, you can check out our Patreon-exclusive content at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. You can get access to a special RSS feed that is specifically for Patreon supporters, uh, where we have like 15-minute episodes every time we release an episode, uh, just a little bonus content here and there. Uh, you'll hear a teaser for that in the stinger of this episode. And uh, yeah, you can support us at at the minimum rate of $1 per month and you'll get access to all those goodies. So yeah. Uh, having said that, Mike, anything else we got to cover or we good? That'll do it. Wrap it up, bro. All righty. Well, all righty. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time. I think next week on, we're going to hopefully do maybe a review of Roma. Um, hopefully. Oh no, no, no. Next week, me and Kirsten are going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody and welcome to Marwin. Uh, okay. But then after that, is this I think a we're Christmas do... episode? Is this like come out before Christmas? Merry Christmas to uh, anybody who celebrates Christmas. Yeah, this is actually going to come out in a couple days, so this is a week before Christmas, and then the episode. Okay. Yeah, me and Kirsten's episode next week is going to come out on Christmas Day ish. Um, okay, right on. Then, yeah. then happy non-denominational winter solstice to you. There you go. Sweet. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. I do have a question prepared for you. Um, pretend like I didn't ask you about it earlier today. Um, that, that question okay. is, <laughs> that question is, yeah. Yeah, I love, Matt has no background in improv whatsoever. <laughs> I really, really don't. And I just, I just, I don't know, not to call you out, Matt, I love you oh, so no. much, but <laughs> it's definitely like, hey, I don't know if you know what we're doing, but, uh. <laughs> well, yes, and we should get yeah, good. <laughs> See, I, I know good. something. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. 
You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. And follow us on Twitter at obsessive viewer and at obsessive tiny. And follow our recurring co hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at RA Feckus and at burger underscore lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate, or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda, at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! All right, and here is our spoiler review of Mandy, as suggested from uh, our Patreon subscriber, uh, Robert, in Utah. So enjoy, and thank you for listening. Uh, before we go to Potpourri, though, I, I want I want us to set aside some time to talk about Mandy, the Nick Cage movie that came out this year. Do you want to do that? Yeah, is this still our, our Patreon request? Yes. Uh, oh. Robert from Utah... Okay. Uh, requested that we review Mandy. Um, yeah. Hey, Robert ago. from Utah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sending out. Uh, sorry, Matt. If you don't, if you don't mind if I kind of do the thank oh, you. Oh, go right ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Uh, Robert from Utah. Thank you for sending out your request on Patriot, uh, Patreon. That's so cool. Um, I, I'm particularly honored because you you requested that I be on here with Matt uh, uh, reviewing it. I did. Uh, in fact, see it, uh, the day, the, the day after you requested, or maybe the, a couple days after you requested, we see it. Uh, and just unfortunately, I haven't been able to bid on the, to get on the podcast and do this review with Matt. Uh, I am sorry it's here at the tail end. Uh, but ho- hopefully we'll try to do this thing justice for you. Hopefully you liked, uh, hearing me on Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, 
if you want to hear other horror stuff, uh, go ahead and hit us with, uh, I don't know, Matt, if you, if you can offer like discount perks or something, but if you have another horror movie that you'd like to hear us, uh, talk about that's coming up or, or you see something on my letterbox that you'd like us to talk about, I would love to talk about horror anytime. So just hit us up, man. Ooh, I love, I love that. I, I really love that. Cause that'll push me to actually watch horror movies and stuff. um yeah so definitely definitely robert uh hit us up with that so uh mandy is a movie from this year starring nick cage andrea roseborough riseborough and a bunch of people that i'm not familiar with um directed by uh panos cosmatos um yes yes who was in or he wrote or oh, oh he was he was like a camera uh, crew member for tombstone but anyway the plot description according to imdb uh-huh. is the enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen c- propelling a man into a spiraling surreal rampage of vengeance so mike it's been a while since you've seen this and uh i'm sorry about that but um how, that's okay yeah how did you yeah. feel about mandy so I'll start with what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the like coked out Nick Cage doing the Nick Cage thing is mm-hmm. perfect, and I think that's kind of what people gravitated toward with this movie. They heard this was Nick Cage doing all the campy Nick Cage things that we almost abhor in other right. movies. In a movie where he's allowed to do the thing where he when he hulks up in the bathroom about yes. halfway through. Like, we cackled with glee watching mm-hmm. that scene in his underwear and socks and mm-hmm. shirt, and he's covered in blood, and he's just freaking out, and he's doing the, ah, ah, yeah. is, is, if you like Nick Cage. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that the visuals were a fever dream and mm-hmm. so cool to watch. Um, I really loved some of the revenge set piece moments, right? Some of the action scenes. I loved some of them. Okay. We'll talk about that uh, more later. Uh, and then particularly, um, I'm kind of a, a, of a student of the, the, the Charles Manson murders. Mm-hmm. That sounds awful. I'm not as fuck Charles Manson. He's sure. an awful human being. And I'm glad he's dead. Uh, uh, but, I, <laughs> but I'm a student of those horrific acts and, and right. I love learning about that stuff. It really anything Charles Manson, um, and the Manson family mm-hmm. and the murders, uh, the Tate LaBianca murders, I, I, I love to study. And so that, that the cult leader was definitely kind of an homage or an allegory mm-hmm. for um, Charles Manson was kind of a cool thing to see. And I assume uh, Robert or anybody listening, if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. The fact that um, Nick Cage's character kills him at the end is kind of a cool, like, don't you wish they would have got Charles Manson before he died in prison? Right. You know? um, so, you know, when they're, again, it's that like coked out fever dream. There's just colors everywhere. Uh, before, before Mandy is murdered, mm-hmm. uh, they do, they do this scene where the, where the head cult hippie like plays her a record and then is like, do you like this? It's me. And I'm like, <laughs> that is so, that is so Charles Manson. I mm-hmm. love it so much. 
Um, so that's the stuff I liked. You, you go ahead. Um, I'll echo a lot of those sentiments. I, I was really, um, I don't know if I'd say taken, but like I was very much into the depiction of the cult and the cult leader in in particular. Um, some of the things that kind of worked for me in that respect was the way that it's like, at, like there's a scene where they drug Mandy and he is basically presenting himself to her, to her. And he's talking about how he's this all powerful being and, all this stuff and like that is that that is my favorite scene in the movie probably because when, it's, when they're listening to the record i think that's the same scene yeah because it's where she yeah, laughs okay. at him right <clears throat> yes yeah so he's yep. going on it's, and it's on too. yeah it's he's going on and on about how important he is and how it's a gift to be in his presence and all that and it's like it's, I mean, it, this might be, I don't know if it would be technically like a reductive comparison or not, but it's like, he's like this massive, like male ego and he's this, he's presenting himself as like a, a feat of masculinity and this, this godlike creature. Um, and like the mm-hmm. whole time I'm watching that, I'm like, I'm like, my blood is boiling a little bit. I'm like, I just, I fucking hate that. Like the, the arrogance of, of, of a human being that they can yes. be this yes. level of deranged and everything and, and controlling Absolutely. other people. Yeah. And then the turn right. where she cracks up and laughs in his face is so beautiful because it is like, it is stripping him away of that power and it is taking yeah. away like his, like it is shattering his ego in the best way. Like arguably maybe more satisfying than watching him get killed <laughs> because it's his yeah. like ego being demolished. And I, I, I love that. Um, so, so I liked that a lot. <laughs> the, the kind, like you mentioned that it's like the color scheme and everything is like a fever dream. I, I loved the aesthetic of the movie. I loved the cinematography, the lighting and everything and how it's just, everything is through like a weird, like red and orange filter and it just, yeah. And purple that and purple. Yeah. That the poster is what is what the movie looks like. That's yeah. The poster is oh, yeah. not a, is not a, like an artistic interpretation of this bleak movie. Right. It's a, it's a kaleidoscope. Oh yeah. Yep. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a visually striking movie. Like it's beautiful. Um, and it's, I would say unlike anything I've ever seen. And it has this kind of, it's set in 1983, I think. And like Mm -hmm. the way that it's, the way the movie begins, it's, it just shows Nick Cage and, and, uh, Mandy's like life together in a secluded, like forest, like place um and it's got this just quality to it that it feels like um it feels nostalgic for like 80s like kind of like like a grindhouse kind of kind of movie but like Uh there's like that opening sequence just it feels like i found a vhs tape of some obscure horror movie from the 80s and popped it in a vcr Like, like it has that that kind of feel to it. And I just, I was so, so taken with that and on board with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and when the, when the, when the bikers show up for the first time, almost like they summon the bikers. Yeah. Uh, I think for the first half of the movie, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the first half of the movie, we're, we're not sure 
if they're supernatural or mm. not, right? Sure. Were, I mean, were you at least a little confused? I, I was. I was confused. I was a little bit like I was definitely confused. I, I didn't know what they were exactly, and I didn't know exactly what role they played. And I was a little. I left the movie a little confused, also. But okay. Um, but I yeah. think that they were they were just crazy people on that um that drug at the um I'm oh, I'm, yeah. I'm such a square I don't even know what the, what the sure. drug was I I guess this laced coke or is it heroin I have no I think it's idea like super heroin sure uh I think they were just on it like Nick Cage was after he confronts them Sure, I kind of got the impression that they were demonic. I, I it may it may just be open ended though, because I'm thinking about in particular the kind of demon dick thing, uh, yeah, knife dick thing. Um, yeah, I I mean it, the argument can be made this is just like you know a strap on or something, but I just felt like that was like oh, isn't it? I thought it was. I thought it was like seven. Like a callback to seven, but they we actually saw it. Interesting, uh, it, you know, it may have been like it may have been more um, uh, implicitly stated that it was or like shown that it was that. I just from what I saw of it, I thought like, oh, that there, it's a it's a demon dick. I, I didn't know if it was real or not. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. no, yeah. I mean, maybe again, it's all interpretation, but I definitely, sure. I definitely got the vibe that it was. Uh, that these that these dudes were just human dudes. I see. Okay, well, I'll have to see it again. But it was yeah. uh, either way, it worked. Like it was it, like they were. To me, kind of. To me, it kind of goes with the theme of uh, like these these cultists mm-hmm. who are not what they think they are. Right? They're yeah. all kind of under like seduced by this fever dream of whatever heroin they're on. But sure. the cultists, as well as these these demon. Mm-hmm. dudes that they have summoned does that make sense yeah totally and uh and i agree with you there i th- i felt it was a little confusing that like the demon thing like it, it, i was expecting it to be more just a straightforward like oh nick cage going after the cultists and then you throw in the the kind of demon creature henchman people and that kind of got a little confusing for me um, well i kind of i kind of liked that it threw me for a loop Nice. And then, and then, honestly, on the other side of it, when I, when I, I guess I discovered, discovered in quotes that sure. they were not, and they were just human, I was almost a little let down. I was like, oh, okay, so this is an '80s movie about coke, yeah, you know, and heroin. Honestly, like the the idea of them actually being just regular people high on whatever drug that was, like that, that kind of lessens the experience for me a little bit because I was, I was kind of all for them being like actual demonic creatures. Um, yes. I thought that was just in- interesting, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you think of like the violence in the, uh, the kind of big like revenge arc of the movie? So what does it say about me that, that I, that I'm going to say, uh, underwhelmed, <laughs> uh, you know, that's honestly, interesting. Honestly, as like all the reviews calling it the most brutal movie of the year and insane and over the top, I did not think it was that brutal. There was the moment. Uh, and so now I'm real. I think we've done a good job so far, but now I'm really forgetting some <laughs> of the, some of the, but like he, Oh my gosh, is he, does he have like that ax? And then he goes after, like, 
I don't think he does anything that cool with the axe. He he kind of doesn't. He, okay. He really only yeah. He like I think the only thing he really does with it is he throws it and it like kills one of the creatures or one of the people from like afar. And I think that's the only thing we get with the axe. But and and right. That's a little underwhelming. It it was a little underwhelming given the setup of him creating it and everything, um, which I thought was like super badass and everything. But yes, that like that was cool. That was a little underwhelming, but I feel like it. I would say almost made up for it in some of the other parts. Like um, there's a fight with one of the guys by the car that he ends up. Uh, did he use the axe on that, or it was another weapon? I don't know, but he. I- yeah, like he sorry, Robert. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, um, but he slits the guy's throat, and like the blood just spurts out. Like I loved the kind of the the blood spurting violence, and it's like it's kind of to the movie's detriment a little bit because the lighting is a little off. Like it, it kind of seemed like it, they were kind of they were making concessions for the for the special effects like they were like it was very dark in like when when he's fighting that guy that i just re- uh described right but like when he right. when he cuts him like you don't see it but you see the blood just spurting out like i i feel like that's a there's a trade off there but i loved the blood effects of it um yeah and then also the guy uh one of the cultists that he takes like i forget what what it is a spear or something he just like pushes it into the guy's mouth and like it's just like he kills him very slowly with that uh that was pretty pretty uh intense yeah i guess i remember that i don't know yeah. <laughs> I, I i i i liked i liked most of the movie but i remember thinking if like if you're selling this movie on the violence, I definitely remember being let down by that. I see. I can understand that, especially with your um uh, the the amount of like you've referred to yourself as a gorehound. Um mm-hmm. I can see yeah. that being like you have a higher tolerance for that kind of thing or, or you have um What's the word I'm looking for? Like you- no, tolerance. Tolerance is the word. I, I almost said expectation, but okay. I, I want to take that back and say tolerance. <laughs> sure. Um. So yeah. So I think that from my perspective, like I don't seek out that kind of that kind of uh violence in movies, um in general, kind of in general terms. Um. So seeing it here was was pretty effective for me. Um. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the the chainsaw fight? Um, cool, mm-hmm. stylistic, but I, I don't like, I want one of them, I wanted them to be all grinded up and shit. Sure. You get some of that right? with the guy like on it, but again, it kind of seems to cut around it. Um, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like he falls on the chainsaw and like the sound effects are there and, and the, the the actors like writhing on the on the chainsaw but and there's like blood packs flying out uh underneath them but yeah i can definitely see like it being more like more extreme um especially with the marketing and the way it was marketed mhm yeah um yeah but i i dug yeah. it i i liked it quite a bit and 
I think the best part of the movie or the best thing about the movie is that just the, the, the way it looked like that, that fever dream kind of, um, dark and red kind of vibe that it gave off throughout the whole movie was what I was most taken with in the movie. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I didn't love the movie. I kind of wanted to sing as many praises as I could because I get, I get that there's a style to it and I get that there is a lot to like. Um, I do think it is highly dangerously overrated. I see. Interesting. Um, I, so we watched it in October. We, we planned our, so our Shocktober double feature, Mm -hmm. the guys all got together and we had another good friend of mine, CJ. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there, we had like four of us, maybe five of us watching the movie and we all kind of like, we had a blast laughing at shit, uh, calling stuff out and just like, letting the experience take hold of us. Um, but I know for a fact, I will a never see the movie again. Mm-hmm. And B, if I had watched it alone, I, I would have checked my phone so many times uh, that I don't know that I would have appreciated the movie at all. And you know, what's interesting about that is that you could, you, I, I think you could have c- cut 20 minutes, 20 minutes from the movie. I can, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that. Uh, cause it does wear just a little bit thin kind of in the, in the last act. But what's interesting is that I think one of the reasons why it worked fairly well for me is that, like you mentioned that it is Nick Cage doing Nick Cage and like he's embracing his Nick Cage-iness. Um, but I feel like the movie is, um, it works well with his out there performance type because mm-hmm. it's so absent of dialogue. Like he, mm-hmm. there's a couple scenes where he does his Nick Cage thing. Like, um, uh, they, they set her on fire and it's like, he's, yeah. just, he's just way over the top. But for the most part, he's just brooding and he's internalizing all the, all the pain and the anguish and the, and the anger and everything and bloodlust. Um, and it works because he's not having to do much like in terms of vocal work, I should say, because there's a lot yeah. to his performance, just not vocally. And I think that that's right. what kind of works and makes it not be an over the top mess. Like most of his later movies have been and everything. Cause he's not, he's more, uh, he's, pulled back and restrained a little bit and he's internalized a lot. Um, which I think is what works in the movie's favor quite a bit for me. But I guess for me, that's not enough. That's fair for a good, a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like if, if this, if it's celebrated for like a Nicholas Cage art piece, mm-hmm. then I guess I can get down with it. But I've seen this movie on like top 10 lists. I think it's, I think it's on both of EW's movie reviewer top 10 list. Oh, really? And, 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 you know, I'm, I have been all about celebrating whatever you like. Mm-hmm. I that that has been my motto for about two years now. If you love sure. a thing, I'm so glad that you love that thing, mm-hmm. but I still, I can't help sometimes uh, when something just smacks of, um, 
Um, like, man, I lost the word, but like arbitrary praise for, sure. for a movie that I think is, um, God damn it. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> pretentious. Sure. I don't think this, I don't think this movie is pretentious. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Panos Cosmatos is pretentious. Right. I think he made a weird, druggy, coked out action revenge flick with mm-hmm. Nick Cage. And, and he went, he went low with this mm-hmm. movie. He, Panos, like, you see a lot of movies where you say, oh, it knew exactly what it was, or mm-hmm. it's trying to be pretentious. I think this movie was aiming low and trying to be out there and weird. Uh, uh, but I think to call it a top 10 makes you pretentious. I can I can definitely follow your logic there. Like I I'm not going to put it on my top 10 list. I di- I didn't like it that much or I didn't like it enough to do that. Plus I've seen mm-hmm. just way too many movies this year to let it be on the top 10 or to have it have room mm-hmm. on the top 10. But I definitely uh-huh. get what you're saying that it, there seems to be a kind of like I've seen it on a couple top 10 lists as well. Um particularly like one or two of uh Ebert RogerEbert.com's uh critics have it on their top 10 list. And I mean, to each their own, like, Hey, that's cool. But I can kind right. of see how maybe it's an edgy kind of pick. Um, that, uh, there you go. That's yeah. the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. Or like a pick to stand out amongst the cavalcade of top 10 lists that are flooding the internets. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but, it's just, it's, it's, it's so like for a movie that knows what it is, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we throw that around. I, I think our, our good friend Pat at, mm-hmm. uh, the nerds you're looking for, I, I've heard him say that phrase a lot, right? It's sure. a movie that knows what it is, right? This movie knows what it is and it knows that it's not a good movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. This movie knows that it's a kaleidoscope Coke revenge movie. It mm-hmm. knows that and it's stupid. And to call it one of the best is just I, it's it's it feels desperate to me, like like desperate to seem cool. Like Nick Cage is not a good actor. We decided that he wasn't. So right. what? We build an a, 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 an art piece around Nick Cage, and then call that a good movie? I just don't believe you. Yeah, I can. You know, it's funny. Like I haven't I haven't actually like read any of the justifications for putting it on any top ten list, but. Like, if mm-hmm. I were to put it, like, say, say that I saw 10 movies this year and Mandy was one of them and I wanted to order them in, in, you know, order of like how much I enjoyed them. Um, right. I wouldn't consider, um, Mandy's placement in terms of like, oh, this is like the defining role of Nick Cage's career. Or this is, this is a, this is a great Nick Cage film. I would do it as like, sure. This is a unique experience. This has very like vivid uh color schemes and 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 action set pieces and violence and very surreal and and like you said fever dream kind of aspects to it. Um and Nick Cage doesn't get in the way. <laughs> like that's how mm-hmm. I would rationalize that. Um so I wouldn't say it's like a late era like Nick Cage masterpiece or anything like that, but um yeah. but yeah, I it it was it was a good movie for what it what it was and um I enjoyed it. It sounds like I enjoyed it probably a little bit more than you did. But it's a good movie yeah. for what it was, which was mm. a bad movie. Sure. Sure. It's a good bad movie. Sure. 
And uh, I haven't seen this movie yet, but uh, I've heard comparisons to Upgrade, and from everything that I've heard, Upgrade sounds like it's the superior movie. Oh my god! It's I mean yes, <laughs> Up- Upgrade. Upgrade is Upgrade is smart and fun. Um, I mean, Upgrade is like a popcorn flick. I, nice. I, yeah, it's it's. I guess it's not the art arty cool choice sure um but if you matt are looking for a good time upgrade is far superior and never once are you bored nice. you will not look at your phone nice uh, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching that i've got a couple of uh uh free passes for Redbox. i might pick up upgrade and maybe something else and uh uh-huh. have like a little movie night by myself but um yeah but yeah, so I, that that's Mandy. I I don't know if we really have anything more to talk about, Robert. I hope that that satisfies you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I gotta say, I think we did. I thought yeah. I thought this was gonna be too brief, but mm-hmm. um, I I think this is what I would have said about Mandy had I recorded it the next day. So nice, uh, Robert. Go ahead and go ahead and add us if you're if you disagree if you mm-hmm. loved it. I I want to know. I uh, to. I, contrary to popular belief, I actually love to be proved wrong. Nice. Uh, I, lo- I, lo- I love, I love, different takes. So let me know. Let us know oh, what you absolutely. think of it. And if we did not do a good job, tell us to come back and we'll try it again. Nice. 